Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wiki Ship Down podcast. We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is peer editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us. While you're at it, follow us on all social media at Wikiship Down. I'm Ruthann. I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, okay. Um, we're rolling now. Ooh, that's scary. Yep, I'm gonna count us down. Clamming up, clamming up. Three, two. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out. I am Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And today we're joined once again by the great... James Lott Jr. It's me. I'm James Lott Jr. James Lott Jr. James Lott Jr. James Lott James Lott Coming to you fresh from Inglewood. This is James Lott Jr.'s hood. Dad. Dad. Alrighty. I'll get, um, I'll get intros like that ever. I will take it. I will take it. Uh, I've already decided that I was going to name this episode The Second Coming. Um, <laughs> and I, I like that. Yeah. I, I feel Don't like it, it, was, comeback. it was appropriate. Yes. Um, before I get into like what we're talking yeah. about today, mm-hmm. um, we'll go over a little bit of housekeeping. So uh, make sure that you like and subscribe. Um, if you're listening on iTunes, make sure you just do some sweet, sweet, uh, leave a comment, give us yes. a, a rating, bro. Yeah. Uh, like helps like other people find us. A bunch of you guys have been really sweet and gone on and given us five star reviews and we appreciate deeply each and every one of you that does that. Uh, let us know who you are. We want to, yeah. we want to know so we can give you, we can praise you publicly and we can let the people know how great you are. Yeah. Because isn't that what it's all about? How great you are? <laughs> it really is. Uh, <laughs> I love or praise. It can just be our little secret. Wink. Mm. Ooh. Secrets. Ooh. <laughs> but but um, but yes, let us know who you are because if you leave us a comment in addition to your review and you say something nice, we will read your comment on the show, shout you out, and yes, give you a little little uh, digital long distance pat on the head. Yeah. Um, and if this is your first time hearing the show and you're like, what are these guys doing? Um, oh yeah. It's like, we're asking you to say something nice about us, but you have no clue who we are or what we're doing. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, that, that was for the regulars. And now yes, we're like, welcome we're bringing back. in the new people real close. We're like, Hey, right. Hey, Hey, we'll take care of you. Let's go closer. Yes. Yeah, get closer. Let's hey, get closer. Hey, Hey, put your face right next to the speaker. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, I, I just want to make sure you're taken care of. So, he, hey, here's what we do here. We introduce each other to different media and things that we're really interested in, things that helped build us as people. And we hope that in sharing that with each other and you, the audience, it'll help build you up and help you discover new things. We're the retrospective. That's introspective. Wow. Hey, all right, oh, now man. have a seat. Sit back down, please. Thank you. You're too close. All right. Calm down. Yeah, he's got a space hey, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, get out my bubble. All right. So We've shared our intimate moment. It's a foot of space at all times. Minimum. Thank you. Minimum. Thank you. Or he stabs I, you. And now I'm comfortable. Um, but uh, I had mentioned our title of the second coming. Um, it wasn't just because we get to play with James a lot again. Yay. Um, oh, it's oh also, I think my brain's starting to connect dots. I'm wondering if I'm connecting the dots that you connected. I think so. All right. All right. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Let's do it. It's also because James brought to us this concept. He said, guys. I really want to talk about artists who made their best albums after their hits. And they had what one could call a second coming. Oh, a I nailed second it. Renaissance. I like it. I nailed it. I nailed it. I'm so smart. Hell I'm yeah. I'm so smart. I'm, I'm actually like, I'm not going to top myself now. So I'm going home. You guys have fun. Drop the mic. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I'm walking away. Now that he's gone. He's oh. dead. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm back. Oh, my God. It wasn't me. The bullet just missed me. Oh, thank uh, you. What? Yes. Albums. Uh, yes. After hits. Um, so. After hits. <laughs> I like that. After that. Uh, James brought two albums to us this week. Um, so the way I want to do this, uh, James. It is your show. Didn't prep. It's, it's everyone's show, guys. He looked at me, folks. You, you guys can't see us right now in the studio. He looked at me and goes, this is the way I want to do it. I was like, oh, this voice got deeper. I was like, oh, I'm like, sure, it's your show. I'll do whatever you want. I, yeah. I'm just here. Yeah. Everyone's show, man. In true <laughs> socialist fashion. He's like, this is how I want to do it. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, sure, okay. Missing out is for everyone. <laughs> yes, Tari J, yes. Um, so what I want to do... Um, <laughs> I'm still stuck. I love it, I love it. I love uh, it. Missing out on autocracy. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> so I want to talk about um, kind of what led us here. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to first introduce the albums, yeah. um, but I want to kind of dive into your experience first, and then I want to dive into the albums after that. Yep, sounds good. Um, sounds so good. the two things that we're going to be covering are Van Leer Rose by Loretta Lynn, and also an album by Bobby Womack yes. called Bravest Man in the Universe. <laughs> so much suspense. I love how you stretched out your words for the purpose of building the tension. Yes. yes. I wanted to make sure. And for no other purpose yes. or cause. Not at, at all. Only for you dramatic know? effect. And at that's all. why you're the best. That's Thank right. you. I mean, I really wanted everyone to like lean in. And, and really feel like they could pay attention. I didn't want anyone to feel like they are they can just passively listen. This yeah. is an active podcast, guys. Yes, it is. Yes. Mm -hmm. so. And of course, the sound of paper rustling as you speak is only so everyone knows how clever you are. Right, of course. Yes, how, how well studied you are. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I took a whole book of notes. Yeah. Um, and I, that was me shifting my book of notes i love it and yes. not even you don't have to look at it you're just sliding it off to the side might call it a notebook a notebook oh. what an interesting Ooh, concept i'm bleeding <laughs> we'll call it a notebook yes. um he's bleeding but not from where you think um <laughs> whoa um okay so <laughs> he's right. Um, <laughs> he's right. Oh, it's his no. armpit. It's really weird. Um, <laughs> super. There's not even an orifice there. Um, so um, before we talk about the albums, yes. um, so you've chosen two uh, very prolific 
uh, artists. Like uh, Bobby Womack had, this was his 27th studio album. Yes, yes. And I think that for Loretta, it was her like 46th? 39th. 39th? Studio album. Yes. But also they've had live albums. And stuff. Right. Yeah. So um, that's a lot. Like her, her both of their uh, careers span at least 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um and so, I, I know that you, as a person, so I'm going. I'm going into you, buddy. I'm do going it, into please. you. Do it, um, and I'm going to watch. That, you that have... sounds hot. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I know that you, um, like, you've lived a very interesting life. Yep. And you have gone uh, from you've you've like started in a certain career and then you've moved mm-hmm. into like being your own boss and, and running yeah. your own business. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of have had, have had the same Renaissance that these two have had. Mm-hmm. And so I really like that parallel between your life and theirs. And so I, like, I totally get I'm like, why it resonates that. with that you. Was part, that was part of the plan actually, when I suggest this to you with my topics is that I've had a second coming of sorts too. Yeah. Especially going from, well, I'll just say a private sector, so to speak, um, private sector, uh, corporate world into entertainment mm-hmm. and organization and life coaching. Those are it's a very those are very different worlds. And so I had success in the first one. I left it on my own accord, um, but I wasn't happy. Now I'm in this one. And I'm in it. I'm happy and I'm successful in this also. So I had a second coming also later in life. Right. Um, so how did you get from there to here? Like, what was it that was the turning point? That you were like, you know what, I'm gonna start pursuing something new in entertainment. Or was it just that you weren't happy, or you felt like a cog, or like I'm not gonna put words in your mouth? You tell me. Well, thank you. Um, no, here's what's funny because my birthday is a month from now, and so I've been very introspective. And I always get I always get very introspective around my birthday time. Usually and retrospective. Month. Right now, it's been more intro. <laughs> But give me a second. Give me a second. As I get closer to my birthday, I'll get more retrospective. Okay. Right now, right now, I've been very much kind of just thinking inward on just kind of what I'm doing. Yeah. So I love, I love how aggressively like Tari was trying to drive you back to the brand. I know. I was like, "Don't worry, I'll get there. Don't worry, I'll get there." Mm-hmm. Like there's dogs snapping at you from either side, and you're just being tunneled one way. But you uh, see how cool and calm I was though. I was like, like, "I don't answer that question." Yes. Oh yes, you handled it very question. professionally. But there was, I've been around there was definitely a moment of, "Do I hit this guy?" Or like, you know, luckily, I like him in real life. Um, but no, I, I just this is funny that you asked me this question because now I'm having to look back at uh, almost ten years ago. I uh, I'll tell you this quick story. This is what totally did it. I was about to turn forty, mm-hmm. and I was just unhappy for like the last six or seven years. <laughs> you can actually stay in jobs way longer than you're supposed to. It happens very easily. People go, uh, "You were in that job how long?" I should have left like you know seven years earlier. Time goes by fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. life goes by fast sometimes. You just you're busy just doing stuff. And you don't know how to cope after a while, too, in certain jobs. And just all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, it's been eight years, and I hate myself. <laughs> um, so I had a meeting with the whole staff of, this, of my company, which is now defunct. So there's no more company. that They're gone. But there were the staff with the, with the managers who ran and owned the business, and I asked them a question. And I said, you know, we need some help. We're overworked, underpaid. The usual stuff that happens at jobs, but we're very overworked, and I need help. And I said, I'm just want to add, and sometimes you guys don't seem to, to think about our feelings when we're trying to, you know, we're trying to get product out for you and everything. And one of the ladies said to me, 
and I quote, you are lucky to have a job in this economy. So if we taught you a certain way, you need to get over it. Wow. Interesting. In front of the whole staff. Yeah. And I've been there a total of almost 10 years. Ooh, wow. James Law Jr. said, slavery ended years ago. I'm done. <laughs> this is my two-week notice. Hell yes. Damn. And nice. I walked out. That's awesome. Not even kidding. Uh, and they tried to call me all weekend and all stuff, but no, I, I made my decision. I was like, this is that was that was the I needed something that drastic to push me. Yeah. And I was in San Francisco. I had been there sixteen years and I hated the weather. Yeah. Well it got to me where like I'm tired of the city. The the, the rent is just too expensive. Um I can't I just I'm just tired of the roughness. I need to come back to Los Angeles. Right. But that was the catalyst. It was actually getting to turning turning forty was like the big deal. It was like it was a very chronological thing. Okay. Um, and so, uh, basically, that's your story. Yeah. And so now, uh, kind of bringing it back into these albums, uh, what is it that, why is it that you feel like these are the best compared to their, like, at least 30 to 40 <laughs> right. other albums? Right. Um, it's funny because people, especially, especially in our society, we'd like to throw away things. Mm-hmm. And that includes um, our artists. We will say after their hits are done, bye. And there are a lot of people out there who have had major hits who now are putting out really good albums. Yeah. And they're just not getting the attention they used to. Right. Mm-hmm. Like so often you hear people go like, oh, what happened to X artist? And it's like, no, they didn't actually go anywhere. You right. don't hear them on top 40s anymore, but they're working real hard and producing some of the best stuff for their catalog. Well, it's so funny because I interviewed in Vogue for Black Hollywood Live last month. And they've been touring constantly for the last 30 years. But they had no album in, like, I think, 10 or something like that. Okay. But they have a new album out now. It came out yesterday. Nice. Um, and it's good. And it's, I said, but it's like they were saying, people were like, where did Invogue go? I'm like, well, they didn't go anywhere. It's just right. that America goes, okay, they're not having hits anymore. Bye. Right. We'll see you later. Um, and so that's why I find it fascinating. And I wrote this down because I want to get some shout-outs to some people. Because I, I, really, I just really do find this fascinating. Um, people like Mavis Staples has a new album out. Called if I if all I was was black, mm-hmm. produced by uh, Jeff Tweedy of, of Wilco. Yeah, this is like the third album they've done together. Like he totally appreciates her and her voice and some good stuff. Um, even Cher, when she came back in the '90s with her Believe song and that album and did the auto tune thing, she was in her 50s. Like mm-hmm. this was something that her best years, were like they, you know, her best acting years were still going, but her best music years were the '80s and '70s, and that album was a huge, huge smash. Um, Johnny Cash, before he died, put out some great albums with Rick Rubin. Yeah. His version of Hurt is really his version. Even yeah. Trent Reznor said that. It's his version. Um, if, you ever remember, if you remember a group called Erasure, they were yep. big in the 80s. Yep, yep. Um, they're putting stuff out still. And the lead singer Andy Bell is putting out some amazing solo dance stuff. That, again, in some circles is getting attention, but not on the charts. Mm. That's why I wanted to mention those, and, uh, and one last one I want to mention. Uh, well, two last ones. David Bowie before he died, put out some really great stuff. Black Star is incredible. His, incredible. His, his yes, final album yes. is amazing. I almost picked him. We'll talk later why I picked these two. They're because these two are related. But I, I almost picked him. Um, and Traveling Wilburys. That was something that was very strange because Jeff Lynne of ELO, who was a big thing in the seventies, put together Roy Orbison, Gray, uh, George Harrison, Bob Dylan, Tom Petty. All these artists that came together and did this big, huge album, it's, and the song Handle With Care was number one hit, but they were all later in their careers, and then he produced each of their solo albums. And George Harrison had some of his biggest hits in the late 80s with these like amazing solo albums. Yeah. 
And Roy Orbison, before he died, had amazing albums. Like, so it's like, I just, I find it so fascinating. I want to give those shout outs because these are people who are still putting out good music. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheila E., speaking of people, just anybody, she's putting out music still. She's on, she's on them, them timbales and she's putting out great music, doing collaborations with people. You know, Prince was still putting out stuff before he died. He was still putting out great stuff before he went. And he was collaborating with people. I mean, it's just, it's, we shouldn't just say, okay, well, they're done, that's it, and bye. You know, we should still invest in our, in our, our veterans because they're still out there. And they got to make money. This is what they do for a living. Right. This is what they do. This, this is their job is to um, – and we're talking – these are songs. We go, we go deep into this. They're songwriters. They're musicians. So they're writing songs from their hearts with meaning. And, and then I love that these younger musicians like Jack White and Damien Alburn, they appreciate it, especially British. The British love – older artists and they love older black American artists too okay and a lot and you'll find a lot of people who have albums coming out being produced by these young British artists yeah Mark Ronson is one of the people who does it there's a lot of stuff they, they, they appreciate just that genre of music from the 50s 60s 70s they, they protect their their elders so to speak I love that yeah that's really cool um, we were just talking not last week but the week before in, in our last episode about how kind of about that same exact thing and that kind of making it long term is something that you have to it's almost like winning the lottery a bunch of different times and that like since staying relevant is so hard um and also too i feel like especially in the united states we have this very uh this this fixation on youth Yes. And we have it in our heads that like, well, once you turn 30, you got to be pushed out on the iceberg into the sea. You can't have, <laughs> we can't just sell what you got anymore. Exactly. You're old and irrelevant. When in fact, like one of the things, and I think when we delve more into these uh, specific mm-hmm. albums, we can talk more about it. But like what you cannot possibly uh, expose yourself to in terms of the uh, uh, perspectives of musical artists, if you're focusing solely on 30 and under artists is this lens of experience and this lens of a life lived a life lived and and pain and sorrow but also the triumphs and having to persevere from those pains and those sorrows there are plenty of truly gifted phenomenal 20 something year old yes there are musicians and artists it is literally impossible for them to make music through that same prism i'm so glad i was about to say also answer your question the difference is when you hear young artists, you hear promise. Yes. I'm a huge Lord fan. I love her. I think her songwriting is amazing. I think her voice is amazing. I think her, her instrumentation, her arrangements are amazing. I love her. And, and, this, and this new chick, uh, SZA, I love her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Her stuff is just amazing. Even Solange Knowles, I'm loving her stuff. It's just amazing instrumentation, writing. But it's still, they're young. It's, you're hearing promise in their voice. Right. When you hear older artists, you're hearing all those things. You're hearing... The crackle, you're hearing the drugs, you're hearing the partying, you're hearing the children, you're hearing you're hearing everything they went through. You go, wow, it's it's it, it adds a richness that you can't get when you have a young artist. Yeah, you guys do my transitions for me. Because <laughs> you know, I was actually gonna say having that experience that's addressed directly in Bobby Womack's album, yes. um, especially in Deglo Reflection, yes. where he's talking about how like at the more experience you have and the more you keep diving into this to making music the more you understand how to express your truth like younger artists are essentially kind of taking in their experience or they're taking in just their observational pieces and going you know butts are butts and and things are fun 
Um, whereas like Both when true. you've lived a life, yeah, I know, know guys. I've been a little booty bass song. I love it. That's fine. Know. Works for me. You know, I know. Um, <laughs> but like, but yeah, yeah. You know, when you when you've lived a life and when you have decades of experience, or even just like half a decade of experience, like you you are able to really figure out like how that has affected you, what that means, how to relate that to other people. Um, I, I'm going to do a shameless plug. Do it. Number one. Now that I'm a recording artist, I look at all these, like everything so differently now. Um, I just released a little EP with a group called Chog. It's called the Five Song EP. It came out two days ago. And it's five songs I co-wrote with my granddaughter and my niece. And it's happy, kind of fun dance music. Yeah. Very youthful. But I have an album coming out, which I talked about briefly on the last show, too. It's called Songs from My Inside Voice. And that is my full-length solo album coming out on my birthday next month. Nice. And it's and 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 being older because again my birthday I'll be I'll be turning forty nine, and what I wrote is very interesting. That I, I I was looking at my lyrics, going these are things I wouldn't have wrote when I was 29, 39, 19. You'll you're gonna you're gonna hear you're gonna the music's fresh and you'll hear all that kind of stuff, but you're gonna hear in my voice some of my pain, some of my life. I mean I was so I was when I was going through this, I was like yeah this is I can hear to myself. Yeah. Like, wow, I am an older, I mean, I am considered a middle-aged man, basically. I'm considered, if I live to 112. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, I completely, I can now, I can hear it. Like, wow, because my producer's like, wow, you're so good. I love your lyrics. They're so deep. I was like, I wasn't trying for that, really. It was just that it came out, whatever came out of me, my life experience came out. So when I hear these albums, I see, I now get it. Mm-hmm. I now get what goes into, when you're older, what you put into these albums. So yeah. my, my question real quick before we move away from this, where can people get these albums? I'm at full transparency. Yes, I'm asking for everybody, but mostly I'm being totally selfish. Yeah, I no, don't I'm know where you, I, I can, can find them. <laughs> no, I'm going to make sure you guys have get your free copies because you guys oh. are my buddies. Oh. Uh, but you can find You'll be able to find them on all social media platforms, Amazon, Google Play, Spotify, um, iTunes. I mean, they're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Just look James Law Jr. Right now, the first one is Chog with James Law Jr. Chog is C-H-O-G. It's there and... Yeah, it's fun. But a lot of the kids seem to like that album, so little kids are liking it. Nice. Cool. Um, yeah, we'll make sure to put a link in the description and also tweet out just Thank so you. people can have immediate access. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you guys are getting, you guys are getting, because because of the poetry stuff, you're getting copies of my albums when they come out. Nice. I just, I just turned the album in. I just turned it in. So now okay. we're, we're waiting for the stuff to happen. Yeah. Cool. Um, and so just like last time we were talking about Gil Scott Heron, yeah. like, his his voice you could you can hear like the experience like especially if you go back um, and kind of like Bobby Bobby Womack I didn't know I had heard Bobby Womack um, <laughs> yes because um, when I grew up I I think my parents were fans because like when I was doing research I was like what he did you think you lonely dang <laughs> yes. Um, yes but it it in terms of his voice oh also he was on the um gorillas album yes and i yes. i was like at the gym one day and i heard cloud of unknowing and i was like who the fuck is this it's so good mm-hmm. um so it's bobby womack so people need to know the gorillas are british of course and one of the members of the group damien album which i mentioned earlier is a, was a group called blur in the 90s they were huge they had a song called song two if you don't know that song title you'll know the lit the riff it's very famous um he, well, you know, on this album, of course, Gil Scott Heron is on one of the tracks. Mm, yeah. yeah, on the interlude. Um, 
but he he got he brought back Gil Scott Heron and he brought back Bobby Womack. I mean, he produced the both albums. That's why there's a correlation for me, like why I like them because yeah. he he lets them be them, but infuses some of the modern kind of technologies. Yeah, but Gorillas especially they had De La Soul. Speaking of another group that is putting out albums still, but they're not having hits. Um, Gorillaz used them a lot in a lot of their songs and has some really good songs with them. So they, they always find, again, the British, they find all these people that are Americans that are kind of, that they liked growing up and they're using them. Yeah. It's, so. it's funny though, Tari, you, you talk about like you didn't even realize you had heard Bobby Womack. And like I realized at a certain point listening to these albums, of course, I know, I know damn well who both Bobby Womack and Loretta Lynn, Lynn, Lynn are. But I real, especially when you look at how voluminous their bodies of work are, <laughs> I went, oh, Shit, my my conception of who they are as artists is so myopic. It's like it's a little bit more than all right, coal miner's daughter and like oh, across one hundred and tenth Street. <laughs> right. On the other hand, but it's not much more expansive than that. Yeah. And I real like I knew that I didn't have a great knowledge of their bodies of work, but I am now facing just how little knowledge I had about the breadth uh, and the depth of their body of work. But like. Uh, yeah. I, okay. Like, wait. Yeah, I want to talk about the albums more because there's some, there's some stuff that just like wrinkled my brain. Yeah, a bit. and I just want I just want to shout to people too that um, Loretta Lynn, her sister's Crystal Gale, who also had hits, "Don't Make My Brown Eyes Blue," and was a huge thing. And Bobby Womack's brother and sister-in-law, Womack and Womack, had a huge hit in the late '80s called "Teardrops," which is a big. If you don't know them, you'll know the song. If you heard the song, you're like, "Oh, I remember that song." Got lots of airplay. So the both they come from these talented families, also mm-hmm. of musicians. So it's funny when you say, like, I didn't realize, I mean, I heard that song, and I didn't realize it was him. He's, he's one of those unsung people. They just, yeah. they just they always put stuff out. I mean, they compare him to Curtis Mayfield, yeah. Donny Hathaway. I mean, these are people, but those are people who got, they were more showy. Superfly, of course, was very showy. So right. that, that, Donny Hathaway, he died early. So, like, there were things that, you know, they got a little more attention than Bobby. But Bobby did have hits and stuff, but, like, they were more flashy. Got it. Okay. So I, so I think it's funny when you say that. I think that, that makes that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So like, let's start diving into these albums. Yes. I feel like we're yes. we're knee deep in in our <laughs> love of both of these things. Yes. Um. And so I personally, I hadn't heard of Loretta Lynn. Um. Oh, I okay. I also I'm not a big or I haven't been a big country guy. So okay. okay so I don't want to like hijack this no, from no, you, no. but this is something specifically that I wanted to talk about. Okay. My my instinct whenever somebody asks me about where I stand on country music, my instinct is always to almost recoil to go like, Ugh, no. But what I'm reacting to really is is like uh, uh like top forties pop country stuff, and yes. I, I do I do feel somewhat that way about about that particular yeah. subgenre of country. But if when you say country, you're talking about artists like Loretta Lynn or even like a Johnny Cash at a certain period, like that music is incredible. And there is yes, part of it too on this album is that Loretta Lynn is is has progressed further in her life than she had obviously when she was younger and first yeah. recording. Even talking about like uh, her songs about heartbreak, right on this album. And, and similar artists, right? Similar artists uh, who, who have lived these lives, right? It's feel, there's so much real sorrow, perseverance, experience, and I guess I don't want to hit the word real again, but, but reality to it. There is nothing starry-eyed. There's a, it, it's romanticized, right? But it's not, it's, right, it's not starry-eyed, whereas I feel like a lot of like young country pop artists, when they do songs about heartbreak, it's like the most shallow like teen soap version of heartbreak possible and sometimes those songs are super catchy but after a while not nothing about it 
stays with me. Nothing about it resonates. Whereas you listen to Loretta through her songs, describing her experiences, parts of her elements of her life, whether or not it was a, a difficulty, maybe it's something she cherishes, but you feel it all. You feel the depth of it. And there's nothing, there's nothing bullshitty about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and I know there, there are a bunch of people who love the radio, like top forties, pop com- yeah. country. A lot of it feels super bullshitty to me. And yeah, I actually agree. The, the one artist that has emerged the last couple of years that I like in country is Chris Stapleton. His, uh, his, his last couple albums, I fell in love with them. And I'm a country fan. My family, half my family's from the South. And, and what folks, I'm going to say, I'm going to make a statement that some folks out there may not realize this. You guys probably know this already, but may not realize this. Country came from black people. Country came from R&B. Oh. R&B came from black people. Mm-hmm. Everything originated from black folks. I just want to say that. <laughs> oh, no, every piece of music that white people like, yes. every, except polka, yeah. I guess. Yes, like exactly. Every genre, yes. with the exception of polka. <laughs> and by the way, if you told me, go back far enough and polka was stolen from black okay. people as well, yeah, I'd go, right. well, all right. Okay. Uh, but yes, it's all rooted in, no matter how aggressively it was co-opted by white people, right? Yes. it is all rooted from things that evolved directly from uh, black musical yes. tradition. Yes, I just want to make sure yes. I, I want to say that because I, I grew up with Charlie Pride. My mother used to listen to my father used to listen to him so I, mean, I grew up with certain artists but i like country so i just want to preface that i like country i liked loretta lynn because she had an album she did with dolly parton and tammy wynette again two other legends yes um the trio album really good and so i mean i've always been a fan like Reba mcintyre katie osland george Strait. and then in the 90s is when the turn that you're talking about kind of turned a little bit with Shania Twain and Garth Brooks. It feels so... Something about it... I, I said bullshitty before, and that's... I think... Uh, if I had, if I had If I had thought about it a little bit more in the moment, I think maybe the word that is more appropriate or at least more uh, specific is it feels... There's something that feels so affected about it. Like, it feels like a persona that some of these artists are putting on rather than anything that's couched in who they genuinely are. And you're right, like, all of the artists you just rattled off, like, yes. Yeah, they're real. That's right. They're real people. And when they, even if not every single song of theirs, not every artist right. that you mentioned is necessarily my favorite, I don't think it can be argued that it's not coming from a truly real, right. genuine, honest place. And you can hear it. You can absolutely hear it and feel it in their work. Yeah, yes. mid starting in the nineties, it started to change. It started to feel like, oh, these are weird. Like these are characters that a computer made, yes. essentially. Yes. It started doing that. So letter, Loretta Lynn. Of course, the person who behind this was Jack White. If you don't know who he is, the raconteurs, White Stripes solo. He's a you know huge producer artist himself. And again, he had a love for her too. And I love that it was as a whole for the album. Again, she was allowed to be herself, and it felt like he. I feel like and he, he gives interest himself. I'm not. I don't know Jack White at all, <laughs> um, but I felt like he listened to her catalog, and I just want to mention some of her older songs like "Louisiana Woman," "Mississippi Man" with Conway Twitty, "Pregnant Again," "The Pill." She was known for putting out music that was controversial, mm-hmm. even for even not just for country, but just being a woman, and she was always not bullshitting. Her right. music was very much like. I am, she, and she's from Oregon, of all things, but it was like I am from Kentucky and Oregon. But she was like, I live this life. I live it. And now on record, I'm going to record it. And whatever comes to my mind, I'm going to record that. Right. That's why I've always loved her. I love, I love that. And again, like you, I, I obviously do not have the experience with Loretta Lynn's catalog yeah. that you do. But what, what is consistent in what I've heard is not, it's exactly what you're describing, right? It's not a combativeness. No, it's not a, it's no. not a confrontational attitude. No. But it is a refusal to not be heard. Yes. I think that's super cool. 
And it's funny, this album, you know, we're talking, this is 2004. This album could have been released today and been just as relevant mm-hmm. to me. I mean, just now the whole Me Too movement and everything. Um, but she just, she's a, I don't want to sound like I don't know, she's a brilliant songwriter in Americana. That's basically what this, what this is, this album is. And Jack White blends in seamlessly with the musicians he brought in, the their duet together. I mean, everything. He just, he, it, it, these are two singly, I mean, like, the White Stripes, that's something totally different. You know, Raconteurs, that's something totally different. Dead Weather. You know, exactly. It's yeah. very, they're very different. And then, but somehow these two people, the Admiration Society, it came together and it actually worked. That's what's amazing about this album. Yeah. And it brought her back a little bit. I mean, she had, some, she had a hit off of it. I mean, it was like, it, was, it brought her back. Fans were like, oh, I like this. Okay, this kind of works. Okay, I can see this. Because it could have went horribly wrong. It could have went the other direction. Right. But I think, and I think also because she was older and really had nothing to lose. We get, we get a little older. It's like, well, I'm not, I'm not trying to compete with anybody anymore. I'm not really in that rat race anymore. I've already made my accolades and I've done my things. Now I can just make, I can make albums because I want to. Yeah. There's an attitude I'm sure that's in there. Yeah. And I and you really feel, because this was the album that she made right after her husband had died. Yeah. And so you really feel like it. there was this moment of time after it was done and as she was processing her feelings where she was like, I need to put this to music. I need to like share this with the world. Um, and I think that like just the stars aligned to where uh, Jack White was like, yo son, I want to do stuff. And she's like, I got stuff to do. Um, <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, totally. I mean, songs like, I mean like family tree and songs like women's prison and story of my life. I mean, she's like, she's writing about some stuff. Oh yeah. And uh, she's singing about it too. Mm-hmm. And again, that kind of that, the gravel in her voice, the, just the, the, her intonations, even when you, when she sings so many songs, you hear her breathing. Cause now I hear all of that now as a, mm-hmm. as a person who does this kind of stuff and do voiceover. I hear like, oh, okay, like she may have been a little tired when she was recording that, but she was going to push through it mm. or that was, she was totally wide awake and she was ready to get, she had an urgent sense of urgency in her voice to get that lyric out. Yeah. yeah. I can hear it in, in this album. I totally hear it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Amazing. And I, I, I think my favorite ones on the album were the very nostalgic songs yes, that she had. Yes. Yeah, like the one about uh, Van Leer Rose, the, where she's from. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. she's from. And yeah. like, it was about her parents meeting basically. Yeah. Um, the one about the red shoe, little red shoes <laughs> yes, was yes, really like yes. heartwarming. Just that yes. story about them stealing those shoes. <laughs> so yes, nice. Yes. Um, and I think there was one more, which I didn't write. Being down. Mrs. Mi- be, miss being Mrs. Yes. I love yeah. that song. Oh, yeah, man. I love that's one of my favorite songs in the album. Yeah, because you said her husband that passed not too long earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep. and I miss I miss being Mrs. I'm like that is so heartbreaking. Yeah, it's hard, but it's it. also it's it's incredible to see like the to me the strength that she displays right because that's a truly you'd think that's one of the most sorrowful events in her life right and she's sharing it with everybody and yes. she's sharing her pain with everybody but she's also demonstrating in doing so that she's still standing strong it didn't oh, yeah. break her oh, yeah. didn't bring her low like that yep. that yep. aspect of it too is is i really really dug um also have not been able to get high on a mountaintop out of my head since oh, i yes. started to, <laughs> and i just picture like it's so happy and, and yeah. festive and yeah. i just picture all of these nice people hanging out on a mountain having a party yeah but it won't stop happening in my head at a certain okay. point like after two or three years of this i think i'm gonna get tired <laughs> <laughs> nah, just, just rage along with it bro <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know and i've been to kentucky and i like kentucky kentucky is a very interesting state it's 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 parts of it are really beautiful very green uh tennessee kentucky all that it's all the whole part of the country i've been to i've been to memphis i've been to the whole thing it's, it's very it's a very interesting part of the country because it's kind of like not in the middle of the country 
it's kind of the south, but it's also kind of the east coast, but it's also kind of the midwest. Like it's it's a really interesting positioning. Yeah, and the people there are very interesting. My uh, my greatest frame of reference for Kentucky is now justified. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't know whether that's a good thing, oh, bad good. thing. I don't know if any element of that program <laughs> actually reflects the reality. It was from Vancouver. No, no. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just kidding. I don't. I didn't work on that show. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I do a lot of things, but I didn't work on that show. I, it, <laughs> my producers is like, hey, I would never set foot in Vancouver. <laughs> no, in my mental Kentucky, Timothy Oliphant is always there, Aww. and he's always wearing that hat. With that. <laughs> <laughs> he was on a, a show the other night I was watching. I was like, I like him. He's been out for a long time. Yeah. But I digress. But anyway, but no, but, yeah, but the album, it's, I, I love when when artists like her reach back sometimes to, like, say, when you talk about her parents or to her childhood or where she's from. Van Leer Rose, of course, is kind of saying she's a rose from Van Leer. It's a very Southern thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start getting retrospective, mm-hmm. which she did. I love it because it, it reminds me, and I, I just lost a grandmother six months ago, so it reminds me of a grandmother telling me a story. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of this stuff on this album, there's, there's stories. And I love it. And I'm hearing it from a woman. So for me, it's like it's reminding me of my grandmother telling me stories of when she was younger and what was going on for her and her parents and her first love. And it's, I, it's, it's very comforting to me to listen to this album. Yeah. I, I was really... Uh, of the two, this one surprised me a good deal mm-hmm. more. I ass- I assumed I'd be able to get into the Bobby oh, Womack album pretty easily. Yeah. I didn't know just because country is not, in my head, country is not really my thing. And I didn't know too much about Loretta Lynn's career. And I like I like most of the things that Jack White's name is on. So it's like, all right, okay, yeah. cool, interesting. That, co- that comfort feeling you're describing. I'm not sure what in my personal experience, like wh- why it's hitting those specific buttons but i'm starting to feel the same stuff and i'm wondering like for me maybe it's like you mentioned you mentioned um in association with loretta lynn you mentioned dolly parton and i'm wondering if for me it has to do with my uh my grandparents uh, and this was this was years ago before uh before my grandfather passed away, but they had a they were at a, a separate place together in North Carolina. My grandmother now lives in North Carolina okay. full time, but we would go and visit them every so often. And on one of the trips, we made a trip out to Dollywood. Oh, I want to go so bad. The, which is basically so basically bad. if you're listening and you're like, what what in perfect hell is Dollywood? Dollywood is like the Dolly Parton theme park. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's like the official Dolly Parton Disneyland. Where she's from. Where is where she was from? Essentially, and yeah. I I wonder if it's the same. You talk about like. Like, uh, some of these songs, like or the, the one song in particular, feeling like a story a grandmother would tell uh, their grandchild. And I'm wondering if it has something to do with an association with my grandmother as well. Even though, even though, to the best of my knowledge, like, country was not a big, uh, like, a big influence that she passed on to me in any way. So I'm wondering, like, that, I think, for her, or at least my knowledge of her being a fan of that world, didn't come until much later. So I'm I'm a little baffled by it, but yeah, it, one time listening to this album, I'm starting to feel these same. Like it just feels like something I want to lie back in. Yes, it's just like yeah. a bunch of like it's warm. Yes. And the, the sun is yes. out. It's not yes. too hot. It's nice. It's comfortable. Like, yes. I'm like, on a, like a pillow bed or something. Yes. Well, it's funny because you know with with Dolly Parton, just on a small note, is she was a, you know she's a superstar. I mean, she transcended even all of them. Became this kind of iconic image, the breasts, the hair, the talking trash. I mean, that's, that's kind of her thing because she also became an actress. Nine to five, the best little house in Texas. I mean, it became a big thing. Um, but yeah, I feel like all these women, and, and especially Lorraine Lynn, they, they represent these cool grandmothers or cool aunties for some people. They don't have grandmothers, cool aunties who 
I was like, let me, let me, let me sit you down and tell you a story. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to entertain you while I'm telling you the story. And so, like, my grandmother, she didn't play any instruments, so I wish she could have. But I feel like that's my grandmother playing instruments with me and, and telling me a story. I, just, I love that. Yeah, well, and I think that, like, beyond the, like, country aspect of it, like, just kind of, like, relating it back to why it still affects you, even though you're not, even if you're not a country person, like, there's a certain amount of intimacy that you can feel just sitting back and, and listening to her telling these stories and, and like, there's a certain amount of vulnerability to where you, you can't help but be attracted to it and, and really like feel like you can just kind of melt into the story, you know? It's, it's, she very quickly feels like someone you can trust, like somebody yeah. you yeah. can, but not just trust like with a secret, somebody that you could actually trust to look after you. Mm-hmm. Not just watch your back, but actually like actively care for you. I talk about people all the time. There are TV shows, there are music, there are things that, that act as comfort food. They act the same way when you eat mashed potatoes and gravy and meatloaf. It's the same feeling. It's the same feeling. And, and that's exactly when you eat meat potatoes or whatever, whatever your comfort food is. For me, sometimes it's soul food. It's eating you know, oxtails with ham hog, whatever. That, that's, to me, it's and cornbread. Those things are comfort food to me. Yeah. Some of these albums are comfortable. They, they give you the same warm feeling afterwards. Like, oh, okay, I'm good. I can now move on to what I'm going to do or, or roll over and go to sleep or, or whatever it is at the time I'm listening to the music. Right? Yeah. There's, the, there's things that can affect you in the same exact way. And that, that I guess, is the source of my surprise with yeah. this album is that I did not expect wow. that it was going to have that effect oh, on good. me. Yeah, but no, like, oh, I dig it. Like, no, I'm keeping this in the rotation. Good. I yeah. do. I pull, I pull, when my girl died, I pulled it out. When she died, I pulled it. It was one of the albums I pulled out. I was like that in Sela Cruz. We know some Sela Cruz. You know, I'm half Puerto Rican, so yeah, we had to pull, we had to pull some island out. And that, yes. but this is one of the albums I pulled out when she died. I put, I was like, I need to listen to something that's just kind of warm. Mm-hmm. So it was good. Yeah, and it's also like really nice cruising music. Like yeah. some of the time when I was just kind of taking it in, just in preparation, I would just throw it on in the car, and I feel like that was when I was most able to kind of resonate with it. Is where I'm just like. Roll, rolling down the street, windows down, and kind of feeling the music, and, and every so often, like yeah. one of the poignant lines will just wash into my ears. Her album is good for that. Yeah, her album compared even more so than Bobby Max. Her album is good for that. Her album is good for even if you're hanging outside and you're laying on a lawn somewhere, or, or me in my garden, you could put this album on too. Yeah, and just kind of just let it go through the air and let it kind of just populate your area. Mm-hmm. And you're out in the sun, and it's it's nice, and there's ladybugs and unicorns or whatever leaping through my garden, whatever leaps to my garden. I'm um, go to just, your garden. I'm just stuck on garden. the mental image yeah. of you driving in your car with the windows down, blasting high on a mountaintop, and just smiling <laughs> and bobbing your head back and forth, yeah. stopping at red lights, turning to the person next to you, waving, <laughs> bobbing your head back and forth. <laughs> yeah, you're playing Katy Perry. Screw you. I'm playing Lorna Lynn. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. bon appetit yourself. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm cultured. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That that got me. Um, actually, like Katy Perry. Sorry, I saw her, I saw her in concert too last year. So no, that's cool. I you can like you her. can shade Katy Perry. I like to say I'll shade her. Yeah, a little, a little shade. She's a she's an appropriator. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Anyway, yes. Um, so uh, I wanted to jump over to Bobby Womack. Yes, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yes. Um, so uh, tell me, tell me your experience with this album. What, what do you like about it? Uh, well, That's how I talk now. Well, <laughs> well um, yeah. 
I still have to go to the bathroom or something. Um, I'm all, take that dump. No. Um, <laughs> let it out. Just let it out. That's, my, it morning, that's my morning mantra. Right. So that's the new name dump. of the show. Take that dump. <laughs> take that dump. Coming to you now on ABC. <laughs> Brought um, to you by pudding. By pudding. Ugh, <laughs> that's an image. Um, see, guys, it always goes to toilet humor. It, it always somehow goes to potty toilet humor, doesn't it? At some point. That's why. Yeah. That's what people are tuning in for. They come for the potty humor. Yes. They stay for the culture. Yeah, you say, <laughs> they yes, come exactly. for the potty humor. I like that. Um, so now I'm going to switch to something like, kind of serious. This album changed my life. So okay. um, the, the title, I heard the title song by accident somewhere. I don't even know how. I can't even tell you. Divine Intervention, whatever. I heard the title song, British Man in the Universe. And I heard the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And the lyric that the bravest man in the universe is the man who can forgive first mm-hmm. just ch- I mean, literally changed my life and how I began my healing process to reconcile my life without my father. And like it, totally, it, totally got, it totally got me. My father's still alive. I'm not saying he's not dead or anything, but we have no relationship. Yeah. It's a very, very tumultuous, bad relationship. And, and I was always trying to get it to a place where I could be comfortable and be okay with the way things are. Hearing this, I was able to, to work towards forgiving him. Mm. Just hearing, people think like, sometimes songs and albums really can change your life. Mm-hmm. And this one literally, I mean, like in all forms, changed my life That's in amazing. terms of, in that, in that area yeah. of my life and led me to the pathway. So this whole album, hearing his 67 years of life, however he was at the time of life, he had survived cancer. And just he was getting older, and he wasn't really feeling that well, and he was still kind of sick. Um, hearing that in his voice just spoke to me deeply. Mm-hmm. It just it really did. And, but that tri- that title track, I still play a song all the time. The first, the beat is the bomb. The beat is really good. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's yeah. very good. They did a great job. It's very minimalist beat. Um, but his wailing at the end, um, there's like just no. All of a sudden, just no, he just starts to kind of wail at the end. It's like wow. I'm hearing all those years in that wailing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a story. Like, like, it reminded me of a grandfather on this end saying, James, let me sit you down. But he, but he sounded very, and this is very specific for me. He sounded like a black grandfather for me on that song. Sitting me down, so I'm going to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. And he really needs to listen. Like man to man. Yeah. That's what I got off of that song and a lot of the albums. Like, I mean, it was, it's, it's, again, it's universal. Anybody can listen to this album. And again, it was produced by a white guy and everything. It was all of a sudden an English guy. But for me, it was specifically a black grandfather sitting me down and saying, James, here's the deal. Let me, just, let me, let me share some stuff with you. Yeah. Yeah. Bef- almost before I go, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was just, I just, that, so that's, that's, my, that's my experience with this, this album. That's why I, I chose it. Yeah. To talk about because it was it, with him and Gil Scott Heron again, very similar. They have shaped my voice as yeah. an older man, as an older black man, as an older artist. They both have helped shape how I speak. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting. Like I have, I'm having a similar experience with that title track as well. Like okay. I listen to that album and it's really it's been rattling around in my brain pretty aggressively. And I wonder, right? Because it, like you, you just uh, like you just said, right? The line is uh, the bravest man in the universe is the one who's able to forgive the other first. I I start thinking about that, and I start thinking about like why why do people so aggressively cling to anger? Yes, like that bl- it blows my mind. And then of course, right? Like then immediately your focus gets so much bigger than a song on an album. 
but it's it yeah it's it's tripping my brain up a little bit like why do we as people as animals why are we so committed to holding on to this anger that just rots us from within because we're so we're hurt yeah we're 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 a society that when we feel pain it's almost easier to stay in it and feel it and make it make it a part of your identity it's almost easy. It's almost it's it's not as easy to look at yourself and go, "Wow, I have choice." Mm-hmm. No, but he did this to me. She did this to me. They did this to me. That's easier than saying, "I have a choice to not let that affect me." I have a choice to think differently about it. I have a choice to look at it differently. Mm-hmm. I think it is brave just to tell tie back to that. I think it is brave to look at yourself. And I remember, you know, I'm a life coach, so I do for a living. Um, but I've had to look at myself honestly. And that is a brave thing to do. It's not easy to do. Right. I feel like, right, like by extension, you're, you're just, you're opening yourself up completely, right? Like if you hold on to the anger, you can almost use it as a buffer between yes. yourself and additional pain. Like you can be hurt more, yes. but you cannot be hurt anew. Yes. Whereas if you let like go that. of that anger, if you let that anger leave your body for, for your own sake more than anybody else's, right. you do arguably by extension leave yourself vulnerable to completely new hurt. And yeah, I guess that tracks that that you would be perfectly. scary. It's more for yourself. And when I say I forgave my father, I literally mean I forgave myself. You just said it perfectly. That's exactly what it was. The forgiveness was for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, able to, I was able to tell him that I forgave him. I had, I had an opportunity a few years later to tell him I forgave him. He told me to go fuck myself, but that's another story. Uh, he didn't receive it, but I still forgive him. Yeah. So even, even with that, I still forgive him because it's, it's for me. Right. Because I, I feel lighter. I, I, need to, I need to get out of me. I don't want cancer. I don't want to have that stuff inside of me. Right. Just festering. I don't want, that doesn't need to be my identity. Yeah. Why is that my identity? I have other things. I'd rather have author, writer, host. Dude, that's my identity. You know, dog lover, whatever. I mean, that's my identity. Great lover. That's my identity. <laughs> um, great dog lover. No, okay. Um, <laughs> Home of the show. Home of the show. Everything uh, has at least six websites. Oh, yes, yeah, right, exactly. There's always a group for everything, an association for everything. Um, but no, but that's I rather have those be my identity. All right. So it is brave to go in, and as we said, the bravest man in the universe. I love that how it's this. This title can suggest something really huge. You, you say universe that's infinite, but in a way, he's he's bringing it down to one person, you. That's what he's kind of bringing it down mm-hmm. to. It's like it's a large and it's a small thing at the same time. There's a word for that. I can't remember what that word is. Uh, but, or a phrase for that. Something, something for that. I don't, I I don't either. I don't yeah, either. I don't. Why don't I? There's something about the whole way where it's just a dichotomy of being large. and so, like, There's something right. I can't think of what it is. But I also love too, right? And you talk about the, the, right, the universe, the focus being so big. I love that you can't, I feel like you can't separate these concepts from the concept of ego, right? To forgive somebody else, yes. to, to choose to choose to not hold on to anger, right, is to choose to not give in to your ego, right? Your ego gets yes. big enough, you think you are the universe. Yes. The universe is your entire frame yes. of reference, and your entire frame of yes. reference is you. Yes, <laughs> yes. To be, to be the bravest man in the universe through that prism is to be the man who says, I'm going to give up the idea of the universe as me. Yes. And I'm going to I'm going to let go of the anger, I'm going to let go of the guards and I'm going to open myself, my universe, my my perspective up to the rest of it. Yeah, like I yeah, e- the the ego factor too yes. I find really compelling. Yeah. One of the funny things about this album because you mentioned Day Glow Reflection, I have to laugh because that's a Sam Cooke song. I grew up with Sam Cooke. My mother played, my father played Sam Cooke. Another, you guys don't know, You Send Me, You Send Me. And then Chain Gang. And they all, they all these songs in the 60s, which is amazing oh, song Sam Cooke is one of the greatest vocalists. Yeah, and he died too young. Um, 
But so, but he wrote that song. But it features Lana Del Rey, mm-hmm. which is funny because she's somebody that's been trying to push on America for so long, and she hasn't quite caught on. People know who she is. I was I had this, I had an argument with somebody the other day about her recently because I said I don't get her. I don't so I don't get it. I've listened to her albums. I just don't get it. Um, but I said, I, but I like the concept of her. I love her name. I think the whole. But I said, but her album flopped when it first came out. They it didn't. They had this big promotion, and it just didn't take. She had the one song, "Summertime Sadness," some remix in the summer that was a big hit. Yeah, and I remember that's that. Like the only one I, and I kind of like that. Song, no, no, that's not. That's, that's really, not But Me that's too. really like the only one I Me remember. Me too. But she was she's somebody that just knew album. They keep, they keep trying to push her. So I thought it was kind of funny that this was way before all that. Yeah, she's on this album. I don't mind her on this song. Right. Well, I think that uh, not to go down a Lana Del Rey uh, rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that like. Especially, like you bring up Summertime Sadness, I don't think that that is where she excels in the, the songs that are more upbeat. I, because she did a song on the Great Gatsby album, oh, okay. um, which was phenomenal. Okay. Um, and she did a, a cover of the song from um, from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the Come With Me, blah, 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 blah. Oh, blah, okay. Her well, Imagination? Yes. She did that? And oh, I know it that. It was okay. also phenomenal. Like, oh. she has an amazing voice, and when she uses it for a little more, like, darker, like, things that are darker in tone mm-hmm. or a little slower, a little more melancholy, that's when she's at okay. her best. Okay. Um, so, like, I, I would like to find more songs to, like, give, give no, please, you yeah, guys. You do. Yeah, please, um, yeah. But, like, I think that that's it. That's the thing is, like, we were talking about young artists where like your voice is kind of given to you. People are like, here, do this song here, yes. do this album and here are things that like you're going to try to convey. Whereas like, I think that as she gets older, um, she'll be able to go, no, this is what I want to be yeah, able to say. Right. She'll be, she'll become like a Kelly Clarkson who's now doing her own stuff. Yeah. And we always had a phenomenal voice of course, but now she's not doing that kind of here a moment like this. Here's your song. We wrote it for you. you know, now she's like doing her own right. her own stuff maybe. Maybe I mean, I always I, I I never I never really flee giving up on Landa Ray. I said I like the concept of her. Yeah. But I just I just I don't I have friends who love her albums, I just didn't but now you mentioned a couple things I'll check out. I've never heard those two songs, so I'll check it out. Please do. do. That's but, the point of this missing that's out. That's right. I was <laughs> missing all out. been leading up to Lana Del, Del Rey. Rey. That's right. The I, only I, reason you started this show in the first place was Lana to Del make Rey. new Lana Del Rey fans. <laughs> My friends would be so happy with you. They'll, they'll love this show. Turns out you've um, been on her payroll the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Send but, my but checks. I thought, but I thought it was so interesting that she was on this song before she was any popularity, and it's a Sam Cooke song. They did together, and it worked. Yeah. It totally worked. Like you said earlier, I completely liked it. Mm-hmm. A song that really stuck out to me yes. was uh, yes. Whatever Happened to the Times. Because oh, yeah. you know that or people who know Bobby Womack know that he uh, was struggling with the uh, with Alzheimer's. Yes. Um, or at least the beginning symptoms of Alzheimer's. Yeah. Um, and so like this song is really it's it's like super sad in that it's it's this song of a guy being like, at some point I'm going to lose my mind. And it's like it's inevitable but don't don't mind it like let me be i'm just going to be a guy searching for who i used to who i was or the the past that i can't let go of it's funny bringing it up because um glenn campbell another person who put out a couple of albums before he got his alzheimer's yeah and passed um he same thing he was writing songs where he knew he was the alzheimer's was coming mm-hmm. it must be a trip for people like that for those these two artists to know you're diagnosed with something, it's coming, and it's a brain thing. 
Yeah. And you're using your brain to write a song about your brain. Yeah. Or about something that's about to happen. It must be. I, I find that very fascinating. I, wonder what, I just wonder what that's like. I just wonder what that's like. It like, you... like the the knowledge, like the imminent knowledge that you're yeah. going to lose yourself. You're not going to be dead. No. You're like you're going to be alive in a physical sense, but right. you're not going to be you anymore. Right. That's that. This is I, my brain goes to some weird, morbid places sometimes <laughs> when it's late at night and I'm I should be sleeping and I'm not and I've maybe had a drink, maybe I haven't. Don't judge me. Uh, but I judging, think judging, but judging. I think about I think about stuff like like that. I think about yeah. like like deteriorative. This is fun. This is what you oh, come yeah, to this exactly. show for. Yeah, exactly. uh, I think about I think about like uh, deteriorative uh, yeah. like brain conditions. I think about like losing yourself, your sense of identity. Like like because at that point, right? You if you know it's coming, you can choose to like rail against it or make your peace with it. But whichever way you go, right? Like it's 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 like the hourglass metaphor, yeah. right? Like you're you're then aware, like you. What is you? Not just not just the physical health of your brain, but everything that you understand as yourself and the way that you relate to the world, like uh, grain by grain by grain, is just is draining out. Yeah, that's terrifying well see what yeah. i get from this what i get from bobby and i get and Glenn campbell his documentary if you get a chance to see his documentary it's it's heartbreaking and wonderful at the same time um they have sense of urgency they want to get they want to get it out they want to tell the story yeah they want to say something and so as an artist because they were artists first that's it goes i go back to that again these are this is what they do for a living this is, this is their artist he felt bobby might need to get that out Glenn Campbell need to get that they need to get it out for you yeah and for them, for them too, to get it out and say, okay, now I have on record. But they, they had they, the opening scene of the, of the documentary is really briefly. He's looking at home videos of himself. He goes, that guy's really handsome. And he realized he doesn't remember who that is. It's him. Weird. And it just goes from that. And, just, and, you go, and then it, it goes into him being on stage, performing his songs, forgetting some of them, and having, he has to have sheets and everything back up. But, he, when, he, but he, when he remembers the song, because Alzheimer's is just a weird disease. He remembers him, he's on fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Bobby Wilbeck, when he was writing that song, I was the same thing. Thinking the writing process was very interesting yeah. for him as an artist. Right. I, I, I want to I say this. I want to get this out. And that, that too is like, I love, I love that so much, right? Because it's terrifying as, as it is. Like what I just described, I do yes. think is legitimately terrifying. Yeah. But the fact that these artists, right? Like you, uh, Bobby Womack, you mentioned Glenn Campbell. I think, I think you could argue uh, David Bowie also to yeah. an extent who knew he was dying and basically yeah. pushed aside just about everything else in his final days to get Black Star finished yes. and yes. released. Um, the fact that they know that their time is up. They they know this is it. You have when you're facing something like that, whether it's terminal cancer, Alzheimer's yeah. disease, whatever. That that's it. Your numbers up. You have this. If I'm holding my fingers real close together. Uh, this much time left. What are you gonna do with this much time? And these guys, like you say, these are artists. These are people who have have always had this uh, irrepressible drive to bear their souls through their art. What are they gonna do with that time? They're going to make them the most right. powerful, committed, last statement they can. There's something that says. This is who I was bef- just before I was gone. Yes. I was here. I was yes. strong. I was doing it. And that's what I'm going to leave you with. Like that, if I sit in these thoughts for too yeah. long, I'll get emotional, yeah, dude. Yeah, like that's, yeah. that's powerful and that's cool. Well, one yeah. of the things is, he's, he, you know, people want, the ba- one of the basic emotions people want is to know that they matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think with Bobby and with Glenn, they want to, they want to say, I-, I did matter. At one point, I did matter. I was, I was contributing to society. So here's my here's a song or two or an album or on tour or whatever it is. Here it is, you know. And now now it's, now it's on record, 
that I did matter, that I didn't, that Michael's going to, I may fade away personally and physically, but professionally, you can never take that away. Mm-hmm. And I, I like too, like it's right. Like, and if we're talking about an artist like Bobby Womack, David Bowie, they had, I think, cemented their place in cultural history long before their final statement. But I love that they made a point of getting a final statement on yeah. record because they must that Bowie knew full well that that yeah. was his last album. Yeah. And it yeah. was, it's very much about him facing his mortality, him facing the end of his life. We, right? should, do, we should do a show on Bowie. Cause oh, hell has, yes. Because he, just briefly, just but he does talk about second, about second comings. He's somebody who, with, you know, Tin Man, him solo stuff and stuff with Pat Metheny. I mean, he always reinvented himself mm-hmm. with Niall Rogers. I mean, he always reinvented himself. With Ziggy Stardust, well, that, all, I mean, Thin I, White say, Dude. Say get that far. I mean, all that stuff's good too. But I'm just saying, even later in life, yeah. when he kept going and changing and working with all these amazing artists. Like, he just always saw something. He was an artist. He wanted to explore. He wanted to experiment. He wanted to try stuff. Yeah. And that's just something that I think any artist should hopefully that you're that way till you die. That you're that way, yeah. right? But, but so. like, so like he, like like Bobby Womack, like they don't have they don't have to make these no. last statements no. to cement their status. And no. I love I love mm-hmm. that it was so important to them to do it anyway mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they could. And I don't know whether it was a sense of I don't think it was sentimentality. I think it was no. just they have a drive and they knew that this was the time for them. And okay, we got to I I still have this drive, so I got to put it somewhere, and it's going to be about what's going on with me now. And it's and it's this. But the fact that they that they did it right, like there's no, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing really that they need to gain from it except to have it out yes. there. Yes, and they, but they also had a cheerleader. They had cheerleaders uh, with their producers saying, "You can do it. Let's do this. This is very important. Let's do it." Yeah, you know. So that, I think that helps too when you're later in life, going, "Okay, I'm not feeling so well today." I'm sure you know, David Albert's like, oh, "You know, you can do this. Come on, Bobby. This is, you're on you're on the right track." I'm sure he was in there cheering him on. I guess yeah. right, like as an artist, like how many how many artists get to, in a sense. Now, obviously, I don't think you know. I think if, if anybody had an option whether to succumb to disease or not, I think I know which way most people would lean. Yes, yes. But within certain parameters, the fact that they got to decide how to close their own books. How That's many amazing. of how many artists or otherwise? How many of us in life are afforded right. such an opportunity? Mm-hmm. I, I I'll never forget. This is just a little side note. David Cassidy. He said his last words were so much wasted time. That was his last words. That sucks. If that's your last words, that means you like you just said you wasted your time. You didn't do everything you wanted to do. And I I can honestly say tomorrow, if I dropped it tomorrow, I'm doing pretty good. I've done a lot of stuff. <laughs> I've done pretty well. Um back to my Wilmack really quick. He um he ends with Jubilee, mm-hmm. which is a traditional song. I thought it was a kind of a that was a cool ending to the album. Yeah, I didn't expect that. It's kind of like okay, well, you're just like um, and it's kind of, again closing the chapter on him. He's able to. They were choosing how they're going to end, almost end him, but end his album. Right. I thought what an interesting choice. There wasn't something like an original song that was super somber or super. Like, wasn't it wasn't something that he. It was a, it was a traditional, a traditional song. Yeah. That he decided to do. I'm gonna end the album with that. Sure, okay. But I, I like I like it though, right? Because like it's almost like uh, right the metaphor that you always hear associated with death is like we we arise from the earth and to the earth will return. Yes. Uh, Bobby Womack, every artist that that has has emerged from any musical tradition, right? They owe their their livelihood, they owe their art, they owe the way they express their soul to this tradition that they're rooted yes. in this this uh, earth, if yes. you will. Yeah. 
I, I, I really like it because it's almost like a way to denote, like, yes, Bobby Womack rose from that earth. Mm-hmm. And now that he has gone to that earth, he returns in a way. I think, yeah, I like I like that. Now, this could also be me really reaching. but <laughs> No, I have, I have a feeling he, that was where he was going. I have a feeling that's, that's where they were going. I mean, I, I feel like each of these songs were picked. As, as a person now who knows how to pick songs or albums, these are picked on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are songs. Are, and, and for both albums, I believe that these were songs. I'm sure he did many more songs. I'm sure there were other songs that were done that didn't make the cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're probably out maybe on retrospectives or things out there now, but... I'm sure these song, these final songs that Bobby Wood has, they were they were purposely picked. They fit. I mean, they all fit. Yeah, yeah. The album, like my other song I was mentioning, is "Please Forgive My Heart," another song I really love. Oh yeah. I mean, oh. it's just like, come on. Yeah. It's like the lyrics on that. Again, the lyrics on that one. Just, I just, it's just so. Again, I just, you hear his years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, he struggled with drugs for a mm-hmm. while, and he like fell off uh, for about twenty years yeah. before he got back into music again. Um, And so, like, I imagine there's a lot of, like, uh, I'm making air quotes, like, apologies that he feels he has to make and, like, things that he has to atone for. And, like, Mm -hmm. you you just can't tell everyone you've ever affected. Um, So, I mean, but having a way to express that and, and hoping that one day they'll find that is a really nice way to do it. I agree. Yeah. I, t- I totally agree. And that's the great thing about that's the great thing about art. Any kind of art, whether it's a <laughs> whether it's a TV show or a play you write or music or a poetry or anything that you you have a chance. You have you have to say a bunch of second comings. Yeah. Every day mm-hmm. when you wake up in the morning. Mhm. I say people, people are like I hate Mondays. Like, well, to me every day's Monday. It's a clear shot every day. I look at I look at it differently. Is every day I get a chance to do something different. I have a chance to clear off whatever happened yesterday. Yeah. And do something different today. So I think I think these are these are all these are all little mini second comings. They're all these all these songs and these albums are just like yeah these are I'm not gone. Yeah, I'm you know I'm still here. You know, hmm. I'm 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 like getting sadder as we're going. I know me too. I was going um, so, which is interesting because <laughs> I'm almost having the like I feel weirdly more. Uh, Pumped up is the wrong the wrong way Jubilant. to express it. But maybe like I almost feel like okay, like I feel connected to these ideas, and there's a way you could. Well, like James, like you were just saying, like you could you could take the I hate Mondays route, or you could go like, but there is there is richness, there is there is possibility, there is potential in this, and I love I love that idea, and I love that yes, uh, every I guess I'm gonna go like real like heady about it, right? Like we 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 gain and we lose and when we lose depending on our perspective and how we choose to roll with it we can gain through that experience uh, yeah it's it's a matter of perspective it's a matter of 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 conscious choice i think that you have to like willfully make if you want to condition yes. yourself to get to one from the other but yeah weirdly i almost feel like i feel like the the element of sadness you know what i mean because yeah. a lot of what we're talking about is very heavy but the idea that we all share this like we all share all of this Mm -hmm. that is comforting to me even if yes what we're all sharing is a sadness is a deep uncomfortable frightening potentially uh frightening truth the fact that it is shared by all of us uh yeah that that gives me some small comfort i if if only i think we could all forgive let 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 our guards down let that anger out of each other and really open ourselves back up to one another that that's the only step right that i feel like in this equation is missing for me but no like the fact that we're all we all do share things like all of us whether we want to recognize it in each other or not like that i do find very comforting what i find you continue the, the the happy note what i find comforting for me is that i 
I have a chance that life isn't over for me at 49 or 50. Mm-hmm. But these folks still in their 60s and 70s and 80s, um, some, some of their 90s are out there still producing good work, whether it be acting um, or singing or dancing or plays and, and on stage. There are people like Bobby Womack and Loretta Lynn both show that you can still go on if you have something to say. Yes. Mm-hmm. You have the will. Like you say, you have the will, you have determination and your mindset. You can continue doing this. And I always joke and said, I can, all the professions that I chose, I could do until I'm 110. Yeah. If I have my, if I have my brain, you can wheel my ass out on the, on the, uh, behind a desk and I can host something. Or I can, you can wheel me out on stage and I can talk about smoking. I'm like, I can still do it. I would love to die on stage. I love that. I want to die on stage doing what I love. I love it. Yeah. It'll be, be great. <laughs> I mean, because, because I'm, just, I'm tired of, of Hollywood and society telling me, no, you're too old, you're done. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of the ageism. I'm just, I'm tired of that. I mean, women get it way worse than men do, and I yes. feel bad for them. But even for me, I'm, you know, I'm still considered, you know, old. I mean, you want, I'm told every day, why don't you dye your goatee? But just for me, I'm like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to conform to that. Why, why is that bothering you? Right. Mm-hmm. Why is it making you feel uncomfortable? You know, you say you look young in the face, but if you do that, you'd be able to, why do you care if I look younger or not? It's my face. Shouldn't I care if I look younger? I mean, when I, I mean, yeah. But I'm tired of that kind of subversive thought being pecked at me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Literally pecked at me. Um, it's all ageism. Yeah. I got vital things to say and things to do is, I mean, for the rest of my life. If I, have, you I, know. Would, I would imagine a great deal more so than the people that they're right. actively trying to prop up. Right. Mm-hmm. But, it's so, but it's just so funny how it's, it's backwards or it's, it's young heavy. I almost yeah. said bottom heavy, but like young heavy. <laughs> Top heavy. Love it me. is real bottom heavy. It's very bottom heavy. Even though I love top heavy. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, but, but it's, it's the reverse. And that's why I love these albums, why I'm drawn to them. Again, people should check out Mavis Staples. Her new one is so good. If, I, if all I was was black. It's really good. Um, I love this. I love hearing their voices. I love hearing the lyrics. I love hearing um, the story behind the making of the albums. I love, I love all that stuff. It's just fascinating. Yeah. And she's still doing it. And, she's, and she said because of Jeff Tweedy that she's doing it because he re-energized her. That he was like, no, your catalog, you're good. You're like, you're like, you're a staple singer. You're like, you work with Prince. I mean, you're this person. And she's like, okay. And he's like, no, I'll produce you. Don't worry, I'll, we'll take care of you. And they've done like two or three albums together. And it's just all amazing. That's awesome. I know. This is amazing. Um, guys, we are running out of time. So I'm going to start wrapping us up. Oh. I know. I know. Uh-huh. James, guys, we've really loved having you. I you're, love being here. You're literally. My favorite guest. Oh, thank Aww. you. Um, I love coming here with you guys. We have such great talks. Yeah, I want to do it again. I uh, just uh, I, better you, if you're if you're only listening, which you'd have to be because there's no visual <laughs> component to this show. Uh, if you're not in the room with us while this is being recorded, I had my phone in front of my face specifically so I could pull up that Mavis Staples album so okay, that good. I I will absolutely make it a point to listen to that. You listen to it. Thank you. I'm glad. Let me know what you think. In yes, my I'm mind, like, <laughs> Jesus was like, "Yes, yes." Because when you were like, "If you're, if you're watching," and it's like, "All right, anyway, I'm gonna cut that out. Don't even worry about it." Uh, I see, I see, Tari. You're referencing that the Lord is always watching. Yes. Always watching. Oh, Thank there you go. Yes. Okay, okay, I get it. There okay, you go. I get it. I get it. Well, Lord, if you can hear us, please like, subscribe, rate us five stars, leave a nice comment, and we will shout you out. On yeah. the show. Yeah, and I can't wait for your next album. <laughs> <laughs>
your next, your second coming, your third coming. Oh yeah, not that lord, <laughs> yeah. but the other lord as well. Oh, the other lord too. Yeah, her album too is good. Oh uh, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, you thought you thought that I was I was speaking to the the pop artist lord? Yeah, totally. Yeah, oh, she no, listens no, to this, right? No, he's talking to Lord, Lord, the Lord, <laughs> Lord, the Lord, uh, Lord. <laughs> Maybe uh, Jesus' father or whatever, the Lord, singer of royals. If you're listening, is <laughs> he royals? I don't really. Oh, we Lord. The yeah, Lord. Totally. <laughs> the Lord. The Lord. The Lord. The Lord. The Cher. Yes, the Cher. The, the Sting. <laughs> the Madonna. Yes, exactly. The, the Prince. Yes, I like that. I'm not playing this game. <laughs> you, you know you want to. You're like, you're like, uh, 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 it's like, uh. Well, all of mine already had the info. I was like, oh. the cars, the strokes. <laughs> uh, thank you for tuning in to The Missing Out. Um, uh, James, where can they find you? Just go to James Lott Jr. Anywhere on any social media platform. You can even Google me at James Lott Jr. as two T's. You'll find everything about me on any of those. They'll lead you there where you can go. Awesome. Uh, and we'll make sure to tweet out the information for um, your book, yes. your album, yes. your EP. Yes. Bruh, you all over the place, and we're going to make sure people find you. <laughs> Find Damn. me. Find me. Hell I yeah. work all the time. Find me. <laughs> Help me. Help me. Uh, Lex Michael, yep. where can they find you? I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. Nice. And you can find me at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. Um, and before we go, again, make sure that you... Uh, hit that subscribe button so that you can get this in your feed every Tuesday. Uh, and if you have a chance, leave us a rating or a comment, preferably both, um, so that you can get a shout out on the show. And also so it pumps us to the top of the charts and other people can find us. Because um, as you know, the best way to advertise is word of mouth. Tell this your friends. This has always been Ba-da-da. a megalomaniacal ploy. <laughs> we just want to dominate the culture through a podcast because that's how you do it. That's yeah. how you become uh, unspeakably wealthy and powerful is by Hell podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, don't forget to buy Lana Del Rey's album. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>